This podcast is brought to you by 2 Before Performance Nutrition. 2 Before is a natural sports performance supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. These berries contain uniquely high levels of antioxidants called anthocyanides. There's a growing body of evidence behind them for improving endurance and kickstarting recovery when taken regularly before training and working out. 2 Before primes the body for stress from exercise and helps the body work more efficiently by improving blood flow and supporting immunity. 2 Before was born from New Zealand's Plant and Food Research Institute. With over 15 years of clinical research, this product is science-backed, benefits-packed, and third-party certified by Inform Sport. With a sweet and tangy berry flavor, you can mix it with water, juice, sports drinks, and smoothies. For optimal results, drink daily 30 to 45 minutes before working out. Listeners can use the code RDSnippets30 at checkout for 30% off product at www.2before.com. For team orders, contact Tony at 2before.com for more information and pricing. That's rdsnippets three zero. Thank you so much to Two Before Performance Nutrition for sponsoring this podcast. If you know somebody well enough or you know their situation well enough, you owe them feedback. Kind of like we what we said at the beginning, mm, like love you that. owe people feedback or they don't get the opportunity to grow. Hey everyone, welcome to Sports RD Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. I interview sports dietitians across the country that share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession, snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. I help sports dietitians break into the field, find their niche, and start their career with confidence. Head to the website at www.sportsartysnippets.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sports Arty Snippets. Hope everyone's doing well. I am just going to get right into it. I'm just so excited for this episode today. Um, I, Chelsea and I actually, we were planning on recording this last year, but I think our schedules just didn't line up and... I kind of wanted to save this for more of, like, I think it's more of a summer episode. I'm not positive, but I think in the collegiate setting, most people do get feedback around, like, May, June timeframe. And so I felt like over the summer was a great time for this episode to happen. And I'm so happy that it happened when it did, because I don't know if the conversation we had today would have been the same conversation we would have had last year. And... Yeah, it's just, it's really great. I mean, Chelsea is amazing. And a lot of you guys probably know Chelsea. She was the past president of CPSDA. I'll run through her bio in a second. But um, she was actually on the podcast back in 2020, which it's so interesting because I still, I think, feel like the podcast is still new in a sense. But like 2020 was so long ago. I think of where all of us were three years ago. Um, I mean, we were literally in the middle of a pandemic. So if you want to learn more about Chelsea and her career path, please go to episode 15. I was like, I was looking back and I was like, oh, like, let me look what episode she was just so I can let you guys know. And I was like, oh my goodness, episode 15, like, that's crazy. Like, I think this is episode 64. And 
I mean, the goal is to get to 100 eventually, but um, this is just a genuine conversation. So it's really everything that I wish I knew when I was younger. I, I hope anyone listening, whether you are a mentee or you work under someone and you want to be able to kind of have the skill set or the ability to ask for feedback or how to deal with feedback, this is an incredible episode for you. And if you're a supervisor giving feedback for the first time, this is also an incredible episode. Um, It's just like a real conversation and it's kind of like, I don't know, not Sports Already Snippets 2.0, but I think this is actually the type of content that I like want to keep putting out um, because I think people want the truth. And um, so anyways, if you have more ideas, there is a part two to this episode. I'm not sure if I'm going to save it for like a rainy day and surprise you guys um, later on, but we did do a part two about communication and why communication is so important and the mishaps of it. But I think I'm going to save it for a rainy day, but please like let me know after this episode if there's just other topics that aren't really talked about because I'm happy to bring light to it and bring an expert in and talk to them all about it. So I'm so excited for this episode. Chelsea Burkhart is a performance dietitian with the elite U.S. Special Operation Warfighters, working to optimize combat readiness, health, and career longevity. Before spending the past four years supporting those in the special forces setting, Chelsea was a performance dietitian in the NCAA for almost a decade. She started her career at the University of Florida, spending two years with the Gators before moving on to establish a sports nutrition department at the University of Illinois. Burkhart departed Illinois after three years to follow her husband, who was a strength and conditioning coach, to James Madison University, where she was again able to build a performance nutrition department from the ground up. After welcoming their first son into the world, their family moved once more, following JMU's head football coach to Texas State University, where Chelsea continued the trend of working as the athletic department's first performance dietitian. In 2014, Burkhart was elected to the board of directors for the Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietitians Association, serving three two-year terms. During that time, she played an integral role in developing the Gatorade Sports Nutrition Immersion Program from its inception before serving three years as CPSDA's president from 2017 to 2020. Chelsea's service model in performance nutrition is to educate and empower athletes and special forces operators with knowledge and habits to optimize performance, recovery, and longevity. Burkhart is recognized as a strong and influential leader within her profession and is deeply passionate about mentoring and continuous growth. Chelsea resides in Virginia with her husband, Aaron, and two awesome and crazy little boys, Kelly and Tyson. Let's jump in and let's meet Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have you back. We're talking about feedback, which I guess initially when someone says feedback, what do you think of? What's the first thing? I think it naturally conjures up a negative emotion of like, oh, feedback. Yeah, Yeah, I do think that it is a negative immediate thing. Um, Whether it's giving or receiving, I think the most natural human reaction is like, oh, feedback. I appreciate that. Great, some feedback. (laughs) Okay, I appreciate that because I've been like talking to a few people and people are like, yeah, like feedback's really helpful. I'm like, Maybe I've just gone through, and I know feedback is very helpful, of course, but I've had like some things happen to me that I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like there's <laughs> like, maybe people just don't know. And that's why I want to talk about it. Cause I think sometimes 
people, it's not like there's a class on how to give feedback and there's right. definitely not a class on how to receive it and what to do if you didn't know it was coming or, yeah. you know, there's lots of different factors. And I just, I want to talk about it because it doesn't have to be negative. It just, you remember the negative and I'm not sure why we do that to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And you know, when I say that feedback has a negative connotation, I, I don't mean that I think feedback is bad, right? I wouldn't be here if I did, but meaning like we wouldn't be having this discussion and this topic of a podcast, but I do think that for most people, even the people who have said to you, like feedback is so important. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with them. However, at the surface level, I think for most people, it is gives them a little bit of anxiety just to even kind of consider feedback because feedback means honesty and honesty, hmm. um, hearing the truth or having to tell someone the truth can be very intimidating. What about why feedback's good? Like, why is it the breakfast of champions? What's the positive, the happiness, the the growth mindset part of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that you can get better without feedback. I think it's very true that our own brains lie to us, whether they tell us the good or tell us the bad. Um, you know, you can't, there's a phrase out there. You can't believe everything you think. And, you know, if your thought is that everything is great or your thought is that everything is terrible, unless you have a sounding board and somebody that you trust to be able to guide you through that a little bit, um, I don't think you can grow. I don't think that you can become the best version of yourself without feedback, whether that's professional feedback, personal feedback, social feedback. Uh, I think for all of us to be the best version of ourselves, there has to be an aspect of feedback in our life. Yeah. Cause if you don't get feedback, you don't know if you're going the right way, you know, you yeah. might think you're going the right way. And it is scary to be like, well, if I ask someone, what if they tell me I'm going the wrong way, but thank God I asked someone because now yeah. I can redirect and head the right way. Absolutely. I mean, wow. I even you know, said to over. a guy today who was a little nervous about giving feedback to one of our facilities. I'm like, it's almost rude if you don't give them feedback because so they are putting energy and effort into the thing that we're discussing. And if you don't tell them that what they're doing isn't serving you very well, you're wasting their time by allowing them to continue doing this thing that isn't serving you. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because I feel like the most confident I feel giving feedback is when people like have interviewed for positions with me, because mm -hmm. from my own personal experience, when I was interviewing for the first yeah. time, there's, there's no handbook on how to answer questions, just like feedback, right? Like there's no handbook. And I was like, this is like really difficult. And like, as you go through interviews, I was so, I'm so grateful that the people that called me that said, I didn't get the job gave me feedback as much sure. as it was so painful to hear. Like you kind of just like, you don't, not like you're chasing perfectionism, but you just don't want to hear like, Hey Liz, like, you know, you had to get some good stuff, but you kind of like went on a tangent and you're, you're like, Oh my God, I, I remember now I kind of like blacked out a little bit because you're nervous on an interview. And so that helped me, you know, better construct my sentences and what I was going to say and how I was going to say it and practicing more in the shower. And if they didn't tell me that it just wouldn't have helped me to get to the next step. So for some reason, like I feel the most comfortable when somebody interviews, like I don't mind picking up the phone and telling them exactly like in a nice way, obviously, but like, Hey, this is what's stopping you. If, if you just kind of, you know, say it like this or, you know, believe in yourself, you know, yeah. you'll have more opportunities. So it's kind of interesting 
how, um, I don't know, the different perspectives of like feedback interview, evaluation interview, personal yeah. feedback. There's, there's lots of different types. Yeah. Why is some feedback so awkward to receive? What do you think's the biggest thing about being on the end where you're like, this is just so awkward and uncomfortable? Okay. You know, I think it depends on if you were expecting the feedback, you know, if you're headed into a meeting where you know you're going to receive feedback. And I think a lot of times feedback's not not unsolicited, but maybe you're unprepared for it. And I think oftentimes you're meant to just listen and people don't even know, even in a physical way, what to do with their bodies, what to do with their facial expression. How does this conversation end? Um, does this mean that you still like me, that I still have a job that, you know, I think there's just so many unknowns. And I think even how you just mentioned, like you kind of black out sometimes during an interview, I think a lot of times people kind of black out sometimes during feedback because it just feels so, so sad. shaming, you know, there's a big difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is I did something wrong and shame is I am wrong or I am bad. I did something bad versus I am bad. And I think it's really easy to go into the shame side of I am bad when somebody gives you feedback and spin in a shame spiral and just be totally caught in it. And not even, you can stay in a shame spiral until you see it, until you can say, until you catch yourself in it and you realize that you are in it and you're like, oh, this is just shame. I'm thinking to myself, I am bad. And I think it's really easy to move into a shame spiral when, um, when you're giving feedback and unless you're aware of what that emotion even is, which many people are not, it's a very, it's a primitive emotion that we all have. And it's one emotion that many people don't talk about or don't know how to define. And the more you can harness the ability to identify or see yourself in shame, see yourself feeling shame, the as soon as you can do that, you're able to take a step back. I think people get really defensive when they are in a shame spiral because they're not able to say like, okay, I'm feeling shame right now. I need to be able to take a step back and name it and name that that's what I'm feeling. And remember, I am not bad. I just am receiving some feedback. And how do I understand that I'm still a good person. I'm still a competent dietitian. I just also need to grow in this way. And that person respected me enough to tell me and to give me the opportunity to do better. And I, I really think that it's actually the lack of connection or awareness around shame that makes receiving feedback awkward. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't want to move on to the next question too quickly, but there is a part of me that like, why are some people so bad at providing feedback? Like, but personally, um, I, it felt like the way feedback was delivered one time, it, like it was just so poorly delivered, which brought on shame. And then as doing research for this interview, I think I was gaslit early on in my career and I might go into it details later, but I, I think it's just, I think being able to have the emotional intelligence to like, like for me, whenever, like I would receive something that I would not even, I wouldn't even know you could say that to somebody. <laughs> like I, I shut down. Like I wouldn't say anything. Cause I'm like, did that just happen? Like, oh, yeah. thank you. And I'm glad that was like my reaction. But then when you like can go home and like untangle it, I will analyze yeah. because what else can you do? But yeah. I think being able to realize like, okay, like what was just said 
what was that productive? What are you know, like, are they okay? And just being able to like own up like 1% or whatever responsibility, even if you don't a hundred percent agree with it, I always do think there's something valuable in it, yep. but I understand there's no class on how to provide feedback, but I've definitely been on the receiving side where I'm like, I would never talk to someone else like this. And yeah. I just hope people don't deal with that. But I also just wanted to put that out there that just kind of be aware that you might hear advice that you didn't, or feedback that I don't know, that you just couldn't imagine someone could say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, I think this kind of ties together in, if you receive feedback that feels like, oh my gosh, is that, did this person really say that? Are they right? Is what they just said about me right? And is this something that one human should even say to another? I think having the courage to reach out to a mentor, reach out to someone else, and that can be really hard, especially if you're feeling shame to say like, this person just said this to me and disclose what was said about you and explain the situation and repeat it can make it, it's hard to do that. But if you can say that to someone else and ask for even a sanity check, right? Because potentially the person who gave you the feedback has, is in a position of power, right? I'm assuming that this is a person in a position of power to you. And so your most natural reaction is to be like, well, they're more tenured than me in this. They must be right. And I must be wrong. And oh my gosh, does everybody who's that tenured feel that way? Would everyone have perceived this situation that way? And I I think if you receive really feedback that feels very um, not linear with the way that you perceived the situation, I think it's a good thing to take to someone else. Somebody who you know is going to be honest with you and say like, this is what was said to me. If some of it's true, I need to know that. But man, was this an appropriate thing for this person even to do or say? Because what you're kind of alluding to is like receiving feedback from somebody who maybe, I don't know, that you don't want to believe, like, what if it's really terrible feedback and now you shift or change something completely about yourself because of really crap feedback and you don't get, you don't have a sanity check of a mentor or somebody who knows you well to say, yeah, you know, Liz, there is a part of you that does X, Y, or Z, or you really could stand to work on this, this, and this, but here's how it's a strength or, or, or be able to say like, no, I've observed you. And that's absolutely not how I feel. And what I actually know about the person who gave you the feedback is this, you know, or whatever, helping you think through, like you said, is this person okay? Like maybe somebody else can kind of sanity check the, I don't know, that sounds like only something that a person in this situation would say, or did they say that because the interaction you had with them made them feel this way? Like, could this piece have been different? I think you're almost dangerous. It's like untangling it yourself, I think can be a dangerous thing if it feels very in contrast to the way you perceive the situation. Cause you never know what you're going to take away from it. Right. And just because someone is more tenured than you doesn't mean that they're right. They might have really poor self-awareness in, in general, and they may need to grow and they may be projecting um, yeah. and it's a really unhealthy pattern that, uh, or unhealthy, you know, something very unhealthy that they're projecting onto you. Yeah, I'm laughing. I probably called you and, t- and asked you about. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say what it is. Whatever. I mean, it was in my evaluation. I'm not putting it into into context, but I was an early professional. Was in my evaluation, and things are going great, better than the year before. Like, you know, what more could you ask for? It's 
you're feeling good. Um, there's two people at the table. So just think naturally, like, even if it wasn't meant to be like two V one, but you know, naturally that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, That's what it was. And then someone of power looks at me, um, and goes, Liz, can I be honest with you? And it was probably even in a deep, like a, just a more aggressive tone than that. Sure. Of course. I'm just like, like, sure. But obviously like, has like, you're like, what is, what's happening? Right. What's, what are you about to say? Yeah. And she goes, you work so well in isolation. Did I ever tell you that? No, but what what does that mean? Well, oh my God. I don't know if I should go in. So of course I was like, how do you even, right. And so what I took that as, because I, I mean, I was, I didn't black out, but you know, you're like, how do you, you don't, yeah. And I'm, as we know, like dietitians are usually the one at the school, like early on, it's not like how things where you have five or six departments. So I'm the only one there. I don't have people to knock on doors. And so I said something like, Oh, um, sure. Like, yeah, I need to communicate better with strength and, you know, just name the disciplines, just trying to in the moment, just like own up to whatever that was said. And it was like, um, no, you don't need to communicate better. You need to earn their respect. So, and so long story short, at the time, you're just like, how is this, like, how is this even being said? And yeah. then over the years, if I've untangled it, it, does not really bother me to this day. It's a really fun story to tell because people's mouths drop every single time. because they're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, something really similar was said to me early on, um, that I, she basically said like, Chelsea, you don't have to know everything and you come off like an asshole. You come off very arrogant because you seem to feel like you have to know everything and it's not appreciated by your peers, by your strength staff, by your athletic trainers or whatever. And I was like, wow. Wow. And, you know, to be honest, like I emailed her a couple of years ago and was like, you rocked me in an, in an, um, what's it called? Evaluation. The, when you had only been my boss for a short amount of time and, you know, I didn't, I see it now. I see my own lack of humility, inability to have humility as a young professional, but I didn't see it then. And, I felt at the time that I needed to know everything. I got hired into a position that was way too big for me personally. um, And I was just doing my best. Um, But in doing my best, I came across like a total jerk because I thought that I always had to have the answer. You know, I I really just lacked humility um, because of the pressure that I felt to succeed in this really big job that, I probably shouldn't have been hired into in hindsight, even though it like launched my career, you know, it was, it was so much bigger than where I was. And, and, you know, so I wonder if that's kind of the same thing is like, you know, we were just trying to fake it till we made it and not earning a lot of respect because we, and I'm not lumping you in with me, but I, I think what she was saying to me was like that I needed to earn their respect almost by being able to admit what I didn't know. And I thought that I was earning their respect by knowing all of the things when 
they had been professionals a lot longer than I had. And they, they were aware that I had just started out my career and I don't expect a young professional to know everything. And when they act like they do know everything, I almost feel bad. Like you don't have to know everything. I'm not going to not like you because you actually only know the level of what you're supposed to know. You're only supposed to know this much right now. I've been doing this for 13 years to year two. And I don't expect you to know all of the things. And I see that now. Um, so I wonder how similar that piece of feedback was um, and, you know, what the meaning was um, and what there was kind of to take from it. I think for me, like looking back, well, if it was genuine advice for me I think it would have been like hey Liz like we you gotta sandwich it I'm 26 oh yeah old. mine was terrible too yeah, like, you gotta I mean, sandwich. It was horrible the like, way she I, I do think I was gaslit from being completely honest exactly but, as you said like it took you years to kind of untangle that. it took me years to untangle it like it was and, and funny enough when I emailed her a couple of years ago she actually apologized she's like I was not a good supervisor at the time and I know that the way that that was delivered could have been so much better. So I'm so thankful that here you are 10 years later telling me that in hindsight, it was very helpful because it crushed me and was out of nowhere. And it was not, I didn't even know what to do with it, which it sounds like you didn't really even know what to do with it. I felt like I was not guided at all. She just dropped this bomb on me and was like, get back out there and do better. I'm like, I clearly don't know how to do better. Yeah, that's worse for you. Just had to say that to me. Like, if you had to say that to me, clearly I had no idea that I needed to be doing this a different way. And yeah. then she gave me no guidance. I needed like, I needed like, hey Liz, like you're innovative, you're creative, the athletes are bought in. Here's what we need you to work on. The more communication, da da da. And this is what we can accomplish. And like, sure. But that you have to be come. Yeah. So I, I like have to, to have that she apologized. Yeah. Yeah. People don't have good leadership skills and that's a problem. We don't, just as you're saying, like we don't get taught to give and receive feedback. We don't really get taught to lead very well either. If you're like me, you've definitely had athletes that experienced the annoying gas, bloating, and discomfort after taking some brands of protein powders. As we all know, bloating can be a sign that your body is not processing the protein powder properly and you're likely peeing out most of it because your gut can't absorb it. But with our friends at Momentus, that isn't the case. And this is because they've included a special patent enzyme blend in their whey protein that eliminates gas, eliminates bloating, and makes your protein more bioavailable. The enzyme blend of Momentus is called Prohydrolase, and it's been tested in research against other enzymes. It's been proven to actually deliver more amino acids to your bloodstream, which means you fully absorb the protein. Don't you want to make sure your athletes' bodies are actually getting all the protein that you're paying for? Momentous definitely does, and your athletes will notice. They won't feel uncomfortable after they take it, and their bodies will be able to tell the difference because they'll feel more recovered. Go to livemomentous.com now and use the new code, I repeat, new code, RDSnippets15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's rdsnippets one five. Thank you so much, Momentus, for sponsoring this episode. Um, I was talking to Meredith Price offline about feedback, and she was saying that at the, like, say how we just got the ball, like, dropped on them, and then you're just, like, a mess. Like, now what? For, like, three, four years, like, figuring out if you're just, like, this crazy person. 
Um, she was like, you should set goals like with your supervisor, like after your evaluation. And at first I was like, oh, could that be strange if like, you know, you got unsolicited feedback and you're, you know, you're not ready to process it yet. But then I was like, the end of the day, your supervisor should make you feel comfortable that what you're hearing at your year end eval is should never be something totally new. If there was such an issue, they should address it four months ago when it happened. Yes, and that, that is also agree. an issue that people suck at. Yeah. So. And that totally happened to me. And it sounds like it happened to you. I was like, whoa, I had no idea that we were here. No idea. No yeah. clue. So anyways, it can be, I can see how it can be a great, like if you have a great supervisor and you know, um, what would be your advice for like someone who's new in a job and like maybe wants to not set the expectation, but like, cause you can't assume that your supervisor, like each month is going to sit down with you and give you feedback. But I just gave advice to someone like, Hey, like, you know, make a standing meeting with your, you know, new boss. And even if it's like Tuesdays at nine 30 and it gets moved, at least you guys like have it in the schedule just so you can check in. Yeah. I think that's super important that, um, you, if, I don't know, it's kind of like leading up, right? That you have, you take the opportunity to ask for feedback and to um, make those appointments, just as you're saying, it's not, there's no problem in with requesting, hey, I would love to meet with you to get feedback somewhat regularly. Can you tell me, you know, what kind of timing would work for you? And, you know, I think if you're really asking for feedback, you just have to figure out like, what is that? They might not be ready to give you feedback every single week, right? But they might be willing to meet with you every week or every other week. I think you can ask for some guidance on um, on that. And I think you have to take your supervisor's lead. If they say we'll meet every other week or they say we'll meet once a month and it's not enough, I think you have to kind of ride that at first. I don't think you can push back and say like, oh, really? I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> I think you have to ride it a little bit. And then if it really turns out to be that, you aren't spending yeah. as much time with them as possible, then readdress it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've always felt like you shouldn't be hearing something for the first time. So I guess for somebody, I mean, a lot of us probably in tactical positions, do you guys is what, when would feedback happen just when you're hired and a year goes by? Like, it's not like, um, I mean, I sit down with my boss for formal feedback every six months. I have a mid-year eval and then I have a, an annual eval, but my position in the tactical setting is different than a lot of the positions in the tactical setting, just because of the way that I'm hired. Um, and not that that's relevant, but I, I mean, I get formal feedback twice a year. Oh, that's good. I would assume in the collegiate setting, like mostly May, June or the end of a school yeah. year, but it could be different, but I don't know if you just got feedback that you're just like, I don't even know how to understand it. I hope you feel a little bit better, but um, it's, it's definitely difficult for sure. I'm just like, like, how do you respond, not react? Because mm -hmm. it can be easy to react. Or I was fortunate that I was so starstruck on what was said that I couldn't even react. So I'm yeah. blessed that that happened to me. Yeah, I think it's important to try to, I mean, I didn't have the opportunity to, to process it. This is all easy to say in hindsight, um, mm -hmm. because it was very shame provoking for me uh, to have that said. So, you know, I think having the opportunity to, to like, I don't know, talk it out with a colleague, um, is, is important. Yeah. Don't sit with it by yourself. Don't sit with it by because yourself. Because so many of us have had situations yes. and people will never experience this or to this degree. And I hope you never have to <laughs> in some ways. Um, but, um, any advice for supervisors, like who may be giving advice for the first time or. Yeah. You know, I think as supervisors or, even peers often like 
if you know somebody well enough or you know their situation well enough, you owe them feedback. Kind of like we what we said at the beginning, mm-hmm. like Love you that. owe people feedback or they don't get the opportunity to grow. And, you know, I, I think you can even sometimes say that to people. I've said that to people, like, I'm going to tell you this and I'm honestly telling you because I don't know if anybody else has ever told you this. And I think it's unfair if you don't hear this from somebody, because this is how this is a, especially if it's like a popular opinion and you've heard maybe multiple people say something about an individual or have a certain opinion of someone and they don't know that maybe like not the rumor mill, but that there are, are professionals that feel that have observed them to be a certain way that they could maybe grow or you as their supervisor and you know they're in a one-year position with you and they're going to move on somewhere else. First of all, they're a representation of you because your name is going to be on their resume. So you want to give them feedback while they are with you so you can help them grow, Um, but help them move on in the world and make dietetics and performance dietetics like a better place. Um, And you know, give them the opportunity to to grow in a safe space where you can help them uh, and not just, you know, give them feedback and then send them on their way where they don't get to practice whatever the new thing was that you gave them, um, you know, new piece of feedback that you gave them. I think we all have a responsibility to share feedback with people who were either in a position of power with or we are close enough to them that we can observe this thing, this piece. Like if I don't say this to you, who's going to? And that's where I oftentimes land is I'm like, if I don't say this to this person, I don't know if anybody is going to. And I just don't think that's fair. And they can be mad at me or not like me or whatever after this, but I think they deserve to hear this. I care enough about them or I see enough in them as a person that that I believe they deserve to have somebody tell them this. They were worth your time. To They're worth them. my time. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And I, I also think too, like as supervisors, like if you're giving, you know, like not like harsh feedback at the end of the year, but it's like, did you set your employee up for success at the beginning? You know, right. were you like, hey, please be on time or whatever those things are, because some of that stuff is like a little wishy-washy, like, and you can't expect them to just know they, they might yeah. not know things that we, you know, of course we know as people in the field for a while, but we forget that they might not know like what to wear or how to, how to interact with players or, you know, so I think just remember like at the end of the year, like, did you set the expectation? Like be yeah. fair, like be fair. Like they're just yeah. kids. I, you know, I think the one, something that Becky Twombly said at one point, and I don't know if she got it from somewhere else, but the root of disappointment is unmet expectations. Mm. And, you know, the exactly as you're saying, did you communicate the expectation? Here was your expectation. Do they know that that's your expectation or are they meeting an expectation? Are they not meeting an expectation that they don't even know you have? And that's really true. When we say feedback, that's, that's true in friendships. It's true in, uh, you know, dating romantic relationships. Like, are you disappointed because your friend or your partner or your spouse isn't doing something that they don't even know you expect them to do? And it's just, all relationships are kind of the same, right? Our life is just full of relationships. And if it's your supervisor or your uh, mentee, 
do they know what your expectation is? Did you did you set them up to succeed exactly as you said? Did you give them the opportunity to meet that expectation? Or are you holding an expectation over their head that they're like, whoa, okay, had no idea that's even what you expected me to do? This rapid fire round is brought to you by Honey Stinger. I'm so excited to have Honey Stinger on the show. Honey Stinger is sports nutrition for every ambition and proudly fuels more than a thousand, a thousand college and professional teams, which is absolutely incredible. Contact team sales at honeystinger.com for samples and team pricing. Sweeten the burn with products designed to help you prepare, perform, recover, and overcome your next challenge. Honey Stinger has delivered naturally sweetened fueled options for generations to outdoor enthusiasts and athletes of all kinds. I don't know about you, but their new oat and honey bar is absolutely delicious. Made with freshly ground peanuts, oats, honey, creamy rich center, caramel rolled in toasted oats and quinoa crisps to bring decadence to your morning to start the day off strong. A great gluten-free option with six grams of protein. Listeners can use RD Snippets 20 for 20% off one-time offer on honeystinger.com and experience great tasting products and nutrients you need every phase of your activity. That's RD S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S 2-0. For more information about Honey Stinger, head to the show notes. Thank you so much to Honey Stinger for sponsoring this episode. All right, ready for the rapid fire round for feedback? Sure. Okay, fill in the blank. Without feedback, the world falls apart. (laughs) The next time I provide feedback, um, I don't know. Feedback is such a big part of who I am anymore. So it feels very routine to me. But um, I guess I would say I will consider whether or not this person is expecting me to give them feedback. What's your advice to give people feedback? How do you have it in you? How do you, you have it naturally in you? Do you know where it comes from that you can help people? Because it's definitely a skill that I have. um, It's a tool that I've sharpened. Um, There were definitely times when I had to have notes in order to get through, in order to actually make myself say the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I've always set a time like, Hey, can we chat on Friday at two? Um, I want to talk through some stuff that I think even just being vague like that, like people know, like, okay, we're going to talk about some things. Um, I think like you mentioned earlier, like sandwiching is important. I think it's important to make sure people know that they have worth and that, you know, giving them positives is very important and being able to support them on the back end. Um, but I do think it's important to to be honest and to have examples. You know, people, if you're vague with somebody and you say something to them that's really assertive, I think you have to be able to give them concrete examples of like, here is a time when this happened. Um, and, you know, maybe as a supervisor, maybe you're talking to multiple coaches. You're overseeing a dietitian who has six teams and you're talking to four different strength coaches, six athletic trainers six head coaches and somebody's like, you know, try to leave me out of it. They don't want to be super thrown under the bus, but you need to be able to give them some examples. I think you have to be ready with some concrete examples to help people grow of situations or, or times when something didn't quite go right because vague feedback is not nearly as helpful. So I think you have to be prepared with ways that you can give concrete or specific examples for where something went wrong. Um, 
And, you know, if you're not willing to do that, you have to weigh the option of like, is this, is there value in this piece of feedback? You know, you kind of mentioned that earlier, like, what was the value in this? What was, what was I supposed to take from that? Um, so I, it is something that I've had to practice. It's not easy to say hard things or ask hard questions, tell people hard things, but I find the courage in asking myself, like, if I don't tell person, this person, this, who else is going to do it? I appreciate that. That's, that's a skill. Not many people have. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely has taken me time to, to realize the importance of it. And again, like I said to you before we started, this all goes back to like, I don't really do acquaintances, but I pour into my people. And there's people that I, if, if I'm choosing to have a friendship with somebody, uh, a mentorship with somebody, like I'm going to pour into them. I'm going to give them my best. And to me, giving them my best is my ability to give them uh, you know, candid feedback so that they can grow into the best version of themselves as a professional. Well, we'll leave off on this for feedback. If you could tell your younger RD self one thing about how you'd receive feedback and how you'd utilize it, what would you say to your 24-year-old self? At the yeah. Of I mean, I just keep... I just keep going back to shame because I think that's really what it is. It's like, you don't have to know everything. And it is okay to only know as much as what you're supposed to know at that phase of your career. And I think that that is really hard. I think, especially when you're hired as the only dietitian or even the lead dietitian for a number of teams, you're given a lot of responsibility. And the, the role of an RD is multifaceted. We have a much more multifaceted role than um, a number of our peers within the human performance setting. And I think it can be very challenging to have good self-awareness as a young individual around how much of this are you supposed to know? Somebody just gave you a credential and they just gave you a job. And those two things say, well, don't you know all the things? And it's really easy to not, it's really easy to get wrapped up in that and to not have good awareness or even any capacity for awareness as a 22, 24 year old That's around. Funny. Like, We're so different because I was actually the latter. I like, I was pretty humble that I didn't know everything, but that also hurt me too. Like sure. that hurt me the other way. And I'm like, yep. I can't win. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know that's more vulnerable because I was like you know like I don't like I believe you you're right because who was who the hell was I I was like 24 yeah yeah and so that's really good to point out right is like either having uh knowing that having the confidence to know that you do know enough to at least get started but know know like where I don't know where's the line yeah well, I'm going to leave off with this from the Harvard Harvard Business Journal, which I think will help us both with our situations. It says, honest feedback is critical, but how the feedback is relayed is more important. Yes. Boom. We're right. Okay. But I'm just kidding. Growth mindset. Totally. But, but yeah, just like, I don't know. Just think of how you'd receive, like treat people the way you'd want to be treated. As lame as that is, it's like, how do yeah. you feedback without wondering if, how would you feel? Like, please just keep that in mind when you're talking to people that work under you and just set the expectations. But thank you, Chelsea, for just like being vulnerable and talking through this. Cause I, I hope people listening, I mean, I hope no one's experienced this, but I hope if somebody does, they don't feel alone in that, like 
there's politics everywhere in the workplace, wherever you work, and something to do with sports nutrition, like it's life. And hopefully people feel a little bit better about feedback and what to do with it, how to prepare for an eval. Um, and so this is part one. So thank you for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I think everybody's going to get some hard feedback at some point in their life. So I think it's relevant everywhere. Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports Artie Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.